Hi, and welcome to another episode of Powerhouse Conversations. I'm your host, uh, Fred Underwood. This is brought to you by Dream Big Sports. Uh, this podcast is brings on powerful guests in the sports industry to have dope conversations uh, about using digital transformation in brands and athletes. Uh, you know, today we bring on uh, Ian Brown from ACIB Management Group. Uh, you know, we have a great conversation. We're going to have a great conversation about blockchain and NIL and, and where all that intersects. So, uh, you know, I want to let you uh, run down, you know, your background and, and introduce yourself to the people. For sure. For sure. First off, Fred, thank you for having me. Um, Holy Cross in 2019. And during my time there, I I was playing football. I played quarterback. Um, but my sophomore year. I ended up sustaining career ending injuries that really forced me to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life moving forward. It was always football first and really wasn't thinking about anything else. But those injuries really made me think, what in the world am I going to do after uh, after these four years? So I really started getting into finance really big. I thought that was going to be my route, thought that was going to be my job coming out of school. But um during the summers that I was spending at private equity firms, I, I couldn't stand the work. Couldn't stand the work at all, staring at Excel spreadsheets, couldn't stand it. Um, and really started talking to my roommate, Andre, about creating a business. We didn't know what this business was gonna be, but neither of us really cared for the jobs that we were in at the time um, in college. And we were trying to figure out what the next step was. So when come around that May in 2019, we started um, just thinking about, hey, Let's start a business. We really don't know what it is, but shoot, it's good for taxes. Like, let's just, let's just start a business and just do it together. So that's what we did. And then um, just having more conversations about our life in sports and being able to stay in sports, we really started honing in on, all right, we want this company to be a sports company. What's kind of going on in the sports world right now? Like, how can we get in? And through more conversations and just more rumblings about well, this idea of NIL at the time, mm -hmm. um, we were like, listen, we both have jobs coming out of college. Let's just create this business for NIL um, whenever it passes. We do that and fast forward a year, um, the NIL rule gets passed. And during that year, we really laid the groundwork to allow us to do what we're doing today. Um, during that year, we started working with the Sierra Canyon basketball team. By the end of that year, we were running basketball operations for the whole the whole thing, running, running everything. Um, and through that, we really built out our network, knowing that a lot of these guys are going to be going to college. A lot of them are going to be able to monetize off their name, image, and likeness. Um, so we really just cold calling, sending DMs to everybody, letting them know that we're in this space now and we're going to be working. And luckily, we were um, luckily that we put that year of work in because we were prepared whenever it got passed. We started yeah. talking to Jalen Clark, who was our first player that we started working with and just hit the ground running. Businesses were really trying to get in with these people because for the longest, they haven't been able to market to those communities in the correct way. Right. Schools would often have to do the marketing and um, it, it never just hit right. It, it never felt organic and like the guys actually wanted to do it. Right. So we started off with Jalen and we are now at the place where we have about 13 people on our roster. We work with Sierra Canyon, um, a couple AAU programs, and um, we, we really think that we have NIL on the West Coast locked down.
Gotcha, gotcha. So let's take a step back and um and and um for it for people who don't know what NIL is, uh give them a brief synopsis of what it means to you and how what's the importance of it for for an athlete. For sure. So name, image, and likeness for the first time in collegiate sports history, athletes are able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. And that means that a player can be compensated for anything outside of the sport, can't get paid to play, but can get paid to be in a commercial photo shoot, Instagram um, post, anything like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And for the, uh, for that, you know, we've, we've just crossed over a year of, of NIL, right? Uh, what have you seen from the beginning to, to where we are now? What, what, what's the, the biggest, uh, change that you've seen? The biggest change that I've seen is the lack of rules and how unafraid institutions are to kind of push the boundaries of this thing. Gotcha. We haven't reached the, we haven't reached the point of athletes being paid on the books to go to mm-hmm. schools, but you can, you can, you can see it happening. I mean, the transfer portal this year, you saw the wide receiver from Pitt get paid $3 million to go to USC. So um, that's the biggest change. It really started off with people getting hit up in Instagram DMs, and now it's exploded to, um, I, I believe, Influencer uh, has a number going around that's $917 million was spent on NIL um, in the past mm-hmm. year. Yeah, that's that's it's it's like the gift and the curse, right? Like it's it's like okay, happy that these these kids are are able to make their 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 money, but it's becoming a very uh, fast moving thing that is very difficult to control or to to manage. Because I that, not necessarily that you want to control it, but it's it's uh like you just said, they're pushing the boundaries and they're. And the, um, these schools are, are, are just fi- figuring out ways to manipulate uh, the, uh, the rules and and what or lack thereof rules. Absolutely. And I but at the end of the day, I think that manipulation ends up working in favor of the kids. Yeah. So as long as the kids are getting paid, I'm happy with it. Break all the rules because that's yep. how it should have been happening in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. Instead of the under the table handshake deals. Now we have something exactly. official. And um and 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 making sure that they are well compensated for what they were previously just being being used for, right? Uh, but my follow up question to that is, um, you know, what do you what what do you all do uh to put in place to to make sure you know these kids are getting a lot of money, but what th- th- there is the the uh the flip side of that is how how are they still not being able to be uh, taken advantage of because there's still ways that, you know, uh, their worth and what they're paid or what they what they bring to the table is, is not always going to be the same. So what do you, you all as as the uh, as your in your business do to help the client? So at our management company, every contract that comes in, we go over the contract with that player. And every single player situation is different. Some people meet with their parents. Some people are doing it by themselves. But we meet with that athlete and really talk through how we at ACIB feel about the deal. And we ask them how they feel. Um, and it's and it's often as simple as that. Uh, a lot of these deals are very simple in what they are. Um, and we have, especially going through this year, have seen where you can easily weed out um, the BS NIL deals, the deals that kids are getting go on your Instagram DM, hey, use this promo code and post about us a lot. We'll give you $1,000. Well, they've probably done that to 50 other people. So they really have a market spend of $50,000, but they're taking advantage of you by having all of you post the same thing. So it's being able to explain that to 
the athlete and then letting them make the decision um, from that educational standpoint. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so with that, uh, do you kind of have a idea of what the worth of the, the of said client is or do you, do you use any tools to kind of uh, see, hey, this is your market value. Um, this is how you should be be looking at this deal. You're like what? How, how do you go, go about that? For sure. So we treat them like like they're influencers. So we go off of social media impact and how sticky those fans might be. And then sometimes it's dependent on institution if it's closer to that school in proximity. But really, we just go off of what their followers are and what um, that might look like, unless the player is an extreme, extreme elite athlete and talent that doesn't necessarily have a hugely built out social media. But a company wants to be able to help their brand build as they progress and potentially make it to the whatever league it may be. Gotcha. So what do you what do you feel like are the uh, the, the perfect uh, par- partnerships uh, that, that you have seen so far? Like what, what? The highest paying ones. Um, no. <laughs> so uh, the the perfect partnership is really dependent on the athlete and what their brand is and where they're trying to go in the future. Where we have found our niche and kind of what has made us different. Um, and it's, it's, it's really something that we have tried to lean in on because we're some really young guys in the game and there's some huge sharks. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So our differentiator has been um, blockchain and Web3 and making sure that these guys are able to own things um that normal deals wouldn't allow nike's not giving you stock for playing at ucla right right right? but a crypto company might do that if you have a big enough following you're able to bring worth to whatever community that they're building the difficult thing there is making sure that you're going through the weeds and and fighting through everything because it's a it's a difficult space to navigate Luckily, we have people on our team who have been in the blockchain space since like 2014, our guy Floyd in Chicago. Um, so he's really able to help these kids and, and steer them in that path. And we make sure that the kids are educated going in. You don't just jump in without knowing what's going on because a lot of people are getting in trouble. Floyd Mayweather, De'Aaron Fox are ending up in lawsuits because of NFT mess that they're running around. So you have to make sure that you have a team around you that knows what they're doing. And you also have to know what you're doing as well. So we've created education um, documents for everyone who wants to get into blockchain. We let people kind of dip their toes in and then slowly progress. Um, And we also have a charity that we run at high schools that teaches blockchain and finance um, called After School Block that we also push and help get that education materials out. Cool. Okay. And so for, for the listeners, like I talked to a couple of athletes before this, uh, I want you mm-hmm. to uh, kind of uh, explain blockchain, how it how it works in the sense. I, I think pretty much everybody knows Bitcoin and everything of that nature. But yeah. what does that look like in the context of sports? What well, what do you mean by that? Well, like what does what does uh, how 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 are how are uh, you know blockchain blockchain technology? What types of of, of opportunities are there for okay. these athletes? Got you. So there's a ton. There's a ton. There's a lot of innovation going on in the blockchain space. The largest place that we've seen things get done is in social tokens. So we launched a social token with Jalen Clark, um, and it was a great trial run. Um, it's it's no longer necessarily live, but when we first started it during the bull run of last year. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Just a month after uh, this month right now. So in last September, we we launched and it was incredible. 
he had one of the largest launches on the site, 500,000 impressions um, on that launch. So he was able to grow his community and brand extremely by launching a social token. And he was able to monetize by using the blockchain um, in interesting ways and being able to have a floating price. It was it was an incredible case study that Jalen was able to do on social tokens. So that's one that's one area. Another area is um, just traditional sponsorship. So um, the companies like Coinbase, uh, Crypto.com, all are looking for onboarding. All are looking for wallet adaption. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can promote to your community, hey, let's get these wallets, they have money for you and they have a lot of it. So if you can utilize the communities that you're around, UCLA is a huge community, USC is a huge community, being able to use those, you can really get into the space and start making moves. Gotcha. And so, and I want to go back to social tokens, but on on the last one Mm -hmm. with the sponsorship, is that an opportunity to get paid in that crypto or are they paid in, in, in USD? Cash. Cash is king. Cash is king. Allow yourself to be able to use those United States dollars to then purchase however much you want. Right. Also, in that that deal, you should also be getting those tokens as well, because that's a piece of ownership. You're helping them build. And a lot of blockchain companies lean on the fact that they're decentralized. Mm -hmm. You're a big part of that decentralized organization if you're bringing the value of your community into it. So you should receive some of those tokens and you also should receive United States dollars always. For sure. For sure. No, that's de- that's definitely a good point. Uh, so let's let's take a step back to social tokens. Um, how uh, give me a little bit more, uh, I guess, for the for someone who doesn't know what a social token is and how does it work? So a social token is a um, it's the same thing as Ethereum and Bitcoin. The mm-hmm. only difference is that it's not its own chain necessarily unless it is an erc20 token there's a company out called roll that is putting out erc20 tokens for people and i'll just explain their setup so it's similar to ethereum you would allot a certain amount of coins that are allowed to your community okay people would be able to buy in and then your price would rise based on that liquidity pool of people buying in now the way that Jalen's social token worked on rally i'm kind of getting the wheeze here but how Jalen, how Jalen social token work on Rally? It was based off of the Rally token itself. So the Rally token is on the Ethereum sidechain, and his coin was tied to the Rally price. Gotcha. And what ends up making that difficult is if the tokenomics aren't perfect, the prices kind of get wonky if markets tank. If you're gotcha. able to create your own ERC twenty token, then you're able to truly control your economy. And you're able to fully monetize and build from there. So that's where I think the change and a little difference is going to happen with social tokens moving forward. Because yeah, that, we haven't reached the point of mass adaption, but it's it's happening. Yeah, so that that, that makes sense because um, if you are you, if you're tied to the the, the crypto or whatever to, uh, coin that that you're that's out there, then like you said, you fluctuate with the market, right? But if you are truly a uh you you know your your uh your coin is based on you and your value like let's just say hypothetically lebron james uh, has his own uh social token because the markets mm-hmm. tank lebron james value is still lebron james value is that is, is that thought right. process correct 
Correct. So not necessarily on roll, but if he if LeBron was to do it, LeBron's not using the company. LeBron is using his own developers to create this yep. himself, and that's exactly how it would work. Gotcha. No, that, that that's a, that's very interesting. That's it. and like you said, I, I've had this conversation, and and our our followers and our listeners uh, have have uh, you know experienced this or, or heard this in previous episodes. But uh, I think what you're talking about it it lends to um, leveraging your your personal brand versus going out and looking for deals. And I think that's the the boat that a lot of athletes are missing. They're going out with their handout trying to get, oh, well, I need an NIL deal. I need an NIL deal versus you can create your own NIL deal. Does that make sense? Exactly. Exactly. And I won't get in too much into the creation of your own NIL deal. I'll let people, that's kind of if you know, you know type deal. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that's as much as I'm going to go into creating your own NIL deals. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, and so what do you what do you say to to the athlete that is, you know, let's just say uh, the, the freshman athletes that's coming in, they're looking to uh, to uh, best monetize their brand. What, what what are some of the things that you that you all uh, are teaching? First, I'll figure out what your brand is and what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And then second, um, figure out where you are, where your point A is and then where your point B is, where you want to mm-hmm. go. And then once you know those things, you can start filling in the gaps and making that first step, second step, third step to exactly where you want to go and send out a bunch of Instagram DMs. If you don't have a team around you, throw stuff at the wall until it sticks. You would right. be surprised what companies will just send you a bunch of shoes, send right. you a bunch of clothes. Um, if, if, if you have the right social following right. or if you just show that you're an athlete on a team that they like, right. You can, you can end up cleaning up with, with NIL. Yep. Especially from a, uh, like you just said, like, do it from a location standpoint, whatever's yep. in your in your city or in your town, like especially these college towns, like reach out to everyone you can and see what you can actually actually uh, do and, and leverage to uh, to make yourself, uh, you know, a, a prime um, prospect for them. That makes sense. If you are a starter on a D1 football or basketball team, call all of the local restaurants because yep. you shouldn't be paying for food. Ever. You shouldn't be paying for food. And I think I, I think that. Like that was the simple part of it, right? Like, why why would an athlete just in the past? Why would they ever go hungry? Like they make exactly. these they make these restaurants, these fast food places money because they they bring people into town. So why would an athlete at any point in the incident way would it be a problem that they couldn't eat? Like it's, it was it was ridiculous. I mean, I can tell you, I know exactly why. It's just greed. It's just greedy. It's just yeah. greedy. I mean, people at the top wanted as much money as possible. It doesn't make any sense that a billion dollar industry cannot can have a labor force as large as the athletes that the NCAA has under it and not pay any of them. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. So good thing that we're going in the right direction. Yep. We're nowhere near where we need to be because these athletes need to be being paid by the institutions that they work for. But yeah. we're we're getting there. Yep. And so uh, like that, that alone. Right. So wh- where do you see NIL collectives? How do you feel about them? NIL collectives are a good first step. NIL collectives are a good first step and they're going to eventually force the hand of the NCAA and what is going to happen because these boosters for the longest because of the NCAA rules haven't been able to do this. They've, been able to give money to the Alabamas of the world. You can build the nicest facilities in the world. Players aren't able to see the money. If the boosters could just pay these guys, they would do it. 
Yep. If you can if you can go down the aisle and go to the water cooler and you're able as an Alabama fan to talk mess to an LSU fan, being able to say that, hey, I got that wide receiver who was scoring on you all last Saturday. That's the biggest thing that you can get. You can't buy enough um, water treadmills to be able to to do something like that. So right. I think NIL collectors are incredible for getting people paid. They haven't pushed them far enough. Um, and I would, I wish, and hopefully it's going to happen that some of these larger schools are going to put pressure, enough pressure on the NCAA to make them crack. Yep. And so as far as the difference between, um, you know, the, the NIL collectives and like you said, they need to pay them. You see, you're starting to see a lot of these deals where it's like, okay, they put together a collective where they, each student, I mean, each athlete gets 30 K a, a, a yep. year or whatever it is isn't that mm-hmm. uh you know basically uh you know paying paying uh paying the athletes if they're if they're getting a, yes it is if it's getting to the point where they just get a salary that's exactly what it is texas tech um just recently did it twenty five thousand for all the football players twenty five thousand for all of the basketball players men and women um and it, yeah it's incredible it's incredible and that's exactly what should be happening but it shouldn't have to just come from the boosters they should be getting paid from the boosters and the schools that they're working for. Gotcha. The schools are the ones who are ultimately making the money still. Gotcha. Boosters so don't get to so see what you're saying is, uh, yeah. So what you're saying is the the money that because the schools are still getting their sponsorship deals, they're still getting their exactly. their sponsorship money. They should still have to break bread with the athletes, basically. Athletes. That makes sense. Yep, those huge TV deals that you're bringing in. That makes needs sense. To be split with the players. That makes yeah. sense, and that and that's just another way that that they can do it. So you've already opened it up for you know them to get. Uh, you know, paid off their name, image, and likeness. And if they are going to get these TV deals, that's a part of their name, image, and likeness. That makes Absolutely. Sense. That makes sense. Okay. So where do you see uh, the biggest opportunity in the future for, uh, you know, um, these schools to capitalize on that? Is that, is that it? Or what, what, how do you see blockchain um, pro- possibly um, intersecting with that? Ooh, that's loaded. So, the first part where I see college sports going is more than likely um, with the alignment of the conferences. There's going to be two major conferences in college football and college basketball. Yeah. It's going to look more like the Eastern and Western East, conferences. East and West probably conference. where, yeah, yeah. It's probably going to look more like that than um, the Power Five conferences that we have right now. And once that happens, the TV deals are going to change and there's only going to be two very very large tv deals more than likely um and then once that happens players are probably going to have to get paid i would assume mm-hmm. um and but that's not going to be able to happen for a long time there's a lot of long-standing tv deals that are happening right now but once that split occurs and there is yeah. a uniformity I, the ncaa won't be able there would be no reason to have a governing body when you just have the two and it should be smooth sailing from there guys should start getting paid um hopefully um and then we'll go from there but we'll see greed often prevails in this country so yep. we shall yep. see yep yep and so so uh you you kind you you think that they will find a way to uh to kind of finagle their way out of uh, out of it uh from that standpoint yeah for the time being for the time being yeah. that they will figure out a way to not pay these players it will go for as long as they as long as possibly can yeah cuz i mean guys should have been getting paid in the 80s if we're being right. honest like right. once the 80s mid 80s late 80s hit guys should have been getting a lot of money 
Gotcha, gotcha. And so, um, I I I do want to dive a little bit more into the future of of, of blockchain and and where you see yep. some um some ideas of where uh you know some of these athletes can can capitalize on it. Um, you know, I know you're kind of West Coast based, so like just in general, mm -hmm. um, you know, what what how can some of these athletes capitalize on blockchain moving forward? Reach out. You have a huge community. Just like I said before, a lot of these blockchain companies are very small right now, and they need onboarding help. Mm -hmm. So being able to utilize your community um, and be able to help these companies with onboarding is where I think the easiest and lowest hanging fruit is for these athletes. Now, for the athletes that are huge and hyper elite, I think there are more things that you can do with these companies that might allow you to get some equity on mm -hmm. um, on the back end. But you really have to be that top, top level athlete yeah, yeah. to be doing that. Um, but my biggest advice would be to get on crypto Twitter, figure out kind of what's going on in the crypto Twitter space, because that's where everything's happening. Right. Um, a day in crypto Twitter is like a week, a month, sometimes in real life. So mm -hmm. it's moving really fast. Once you can really start seeing where certain projects are going, you might be able to get on with them. Um, I know there's a lot of gaming projects that are being built in crypto that can be extremely interesting. Um, but it's, it's really being able to navigate the market first and then really get yourself involved. Gotcha. You got to be and careful. As far as community building, because I know that's a that's a big part of uh, part of that. Uh, what do you suggest of how they how they build their their community? Man, start a discord, start a discord, start, yeah, figure, um, start figure touching that. your community, start, start touching your community, start um, just start Twitch streaming anything that you can. Um, kind of have your base in one area and they're able to access you is huge. It's huge. Yeah. Now, I think, I think that that's probably uh, one of the bigger things that, uh, that, that people or athletes have been missing the boat on is right. Because they have all these fans for, for so long at these schools, but it's like they're, you know, they don't necessarily uh, build that community. So they're just fans. But if you take those fans and make them into your community and you actually interact with them, you actually do some di different things. Um, it, it, it'll definitely be, that's where you, that's where you go from the level of them being fans and you, you being able to actually monetize them. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Chief Keef's got a Discord with 350,000 people in it. It's wow. incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, and, and from that standpoint, um, what about uh, or, or uh, where does NFTs uh, fit in um, from from that standpoint of, of where you think that, you know, some of those opportunities lie? Be careful. I would I would say be careful. A lot of NFT projects haven't performed or not necessarily performed is not the right word. They haven't um, actualized on the utility that they were presenting. Okay. Um, so I would just make sure, just be careful. Ask yourself, why is someone buying my NFT? Why are they doing that? What what do they ultimately get from this product that I am, I am giving to them? And if you have something to give, absolutely do it. It's a great way to digitally mark something. It's a great way to know, hey, I was the first person to get in. Um, if a card company isn't paying you enough money, man, make your own cards. Like, um, do your own thing, make your own art. So it's actually giving something to people. Mm -hmm. So you don't have any issues legally on the back end if there's a, a crypto problem, if, if if markets die out or something like that happens. Right. Just make sure that you're you're giving to the communities that are given to you. 
Right. And and so and and that was my my uh my thought process is if you simplify it with the utility, uh, you know, that it makes sense, right? Because like I said, if you build a community and you ha- actually have some utilities behind it. If it's hey a, a jersey signing or what you know whatever it may be, hey a lunch with you get uh you know you buy this NFT you get a lunch with with me or you go to go bowling with 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 uh you know said athlete um you know th- those are some things that you can simply do um to be able to uh you know to solidify that that NFT utility. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And are, are there any utilities that you can think of that would be good for these athletes? Anybody that's you know possibly watching that wants to wants to get into that space? So not off the top of my head. So I think the way that I see NFTs is really personal to the community and whatever that community wants necessarily. Like I, I see a lot of people who do tickets for NFTs. Yep. Right. Let's say if you had a physical ticket to a 1998 Jay Z show. Yep. I would like to hear about your experience, but I wouldn't necessarily want that ticket to be sold to me. You know what right, I mean? Right. So it's 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 thinking about what am I giving to these people and what is the value held by this thing that I'm giving them. Gotcha. And thinking about it, thinking about it that way. Gotcha. And so are you you're more so talking about the because, uh, you know, the, the the second buyer, right? Because a lot of the times it's like if you if yeah. you hold that value it's are you going to resell it or is it going to increase in value right so to to the, right. to your point is you know if i had a jay-z uh you know concert ticket it's more so just because of this to say or it's for someone to see that i went to right. that that concert i went to to uh to watch the throne or or, or something of that nature but exactly. who who is really going to buy like you have to be that elite. you have to be jay-z for someone exactly. to want to buy that nft from you that makes sense. Exactly. Okay. And, it, and it's having that understanding. And it's, and it's kind of a difficult, like, it's the lowest hanging fruit and it's the easiest thing to do, but only a very, very small group of creators are able to do things like that, that are able to hold that value for a long period of time. So as long as you have a community that's with you and that really rocks with you, you can find that, but you're going to have to get creative. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Okay. And so, um, I, I, the, is the difference is the only difference between the social tokens and the NFT is the utility behind it because both don't, both of them kind of, I guess, raise in the value of the, of the, uh, you know, athlete, but what, what's the, the real difference between that? So the difference is, well, you could make an NFT that has the same amount of tokens as a social token, right? But on a social token, it's just a lot easier to mint let's say a hundred thousand tokens or have a smart contract that's written where if those hundred thousand tokens run out, then it's based on the liquidity pool and more Mm -hmm. tokens are minted based off of that. So that's the difference. You're able to run an actual economy with the social token while an NFT a lot more times is just a single run. Gotcha. And then you build off of those runs. Gotcha. Okay. And, um, and like you said, you already done some, is that, is those are those social tokens something that uh, that you place that they can actually because there's you know currency or whatever do they have something that they can purchase or like how how does that work how does that work absolutely yeah so we honestly so we we did eighteen social tokens with uh, Rally.io mm-hmm. managing all of them and we really just tried to get creative with how far can you push an economy um so we just really thought about it as if they were united states dollars and um allowed people to purchase things that way for instance there's pairs of jordans on jaylen's coin that you could purchase um 
UCLA gear that you could purchase with his coin. Um, and you can only purchase these things with his coin. So that that's what makes it different. And it feels like a fan club instead of just having them posted on his Instagram for anybody to purchase and buy. Gotcha. So it's like some exclusivity to to those exactly. uh, to those items. And so, uh, I mean, I, the the jersey or, or you know things or the UCLA jersey makes sense. But as far as the the Jordans, are they like okay, the game Jordans that he that he wore or like exactly? It, gotcha. Okay, game Jordans, UCLA PEs. Um, he's got a couple of them with like notes written on them. So gotcha. it's 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 super exclusive to him. No, that 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 actually, and and I can see why it makes more sense to go that route than the NFT route because it gets a little, gets a little murky and difficult going right. that route versus the the currency. Like you said, you there is some ta- there's something tangible that you can um that you can purchase, and, and like you said, you're building an economy within his, his community. So that makes sense. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I, I those were 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 some um you know some some eye opening um you know things that you that you kind of went through that's that, those were the questions that i had is there anything that you want to kind of uh you know present to the people or talk to them about before we before we close out i know we're, we're uh, reaching our, our time yeah no i'm just keep it real simple for any athlete out there just know yourself know your worth people are trying to take advantage of you at every turn the um powers at b have really taken advantage of people like i was saying earlier since the 1980s and so much money is being made that uh, you need to know your worth and you need to know uh, that there's a lot of money to be made out there. And once you make that money, be smart, be smart. A lot of these institutions are paying for your meals. They're putting you up, save your money and make sure that you have money for the 40 years and not just the four that you're in school. Yep. Yep. No, I like, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, man, Ian, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, let people know where they can find you at. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate it. For sure. You can find me on Twitter, um, underscore OXCIB, and then on Instagram at IB underscore ACIB. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. We'll see you all next uh, next week uh, with another episode of Powerhouse Conversations. Um, see y'all later. Thanks, Ian. Thank you, sir.